You're listening to a sermon from New City Fellowship in Manassas, Virginia. New City Fellowship is a diverse community that proclaims the gospel and makes disciples for the glory of God and the renewal of our city. For more information, visit newcityfellowship.net. And uh, so today I have the privilege of having Pastor uh, Jefferson come. He is a pastor of uh, Iglesia Campo Blanco, which it's translated uh, Wide Field uh, Church in Sterling, Virginia. And he was also sent by and helped by New City Network. So he knows Clint. Uh, he's a part of the network as well. He also works at McLean as an outreach director or something local like that. Outreach local, local outreach. And so he's going to preach for us. He is from Colombia. And um, uh, we're going to help him. Um, some of us speak Spanish, so feel free, to, feel free to jump to Spanish. Thank you for being with us, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor. Good morning, family. <coughs> As I was listening, everything you have heard about starting with the sun, we are a moment. God is eternal. And then we heard about war, like, What's happening is Israel, I don't know if you know that, but there is like a group of like 3,000 people that went into a party and they just got shot like right away, out of the sudden. Uh, it's, it's heartbreaking when you heard uh, that a child has cancer. Um, all those kind of things just brought me to the conviction that God wants, you, wants me to remind you that life is short, that he is eternal, and so is his work, his worth. So to remind you that, I just want to invite you to open your Bibles in 1 Peter chapter 1. And the verses that I want to read is verse 24 and 25. And now that I'm looking my notes, what I just said, it was not my intro. My intro was to say, hey, two days ago it was hot, and then yesterday it was cold. Winter is coming, the year is about to end. And a few years, many in a few years ahead, some of us will not be here. So only because I had that in my notes, I just wanted to say it. <laughs> but I think the first, part, the first part is God preparing us for that reality. Because life is short. My, my wife and I know this very well by having a baby for only seven months. So no matter if you are old, no matter if you are too young, no matter if you are beautiful and hands or handsome, how strong you are, how healthy you are, death will come. Because we are a moment, God is eternal. In Peter's words, and if you want, you can extend that to read these verses with me. And this is what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24 and 25. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the, and the flowers falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever. 
And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Father, as I'm about to expose this text, I want to ask you to prepare every person's heart, prepare their minds, their understanding, and their willingness. And please use me. I cannot do this without you. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. As you may see, uh, this passage teaches us two important truths that often we ignore. What are those truths? First, that humans are a moment. That human beings are like grass. And all its glory, this word is all its beauty, is like flower of grass. The grass withers and the flowers falls. That's the first truth that this, that this verse is teaching us. And it's very real because, yes, humans are like grass and all his beauty, all his glory are like flowers. And Job 4.20 says that between morning and evening, they, humans, are beaten to pieces. They perish forever without anyone regarding it. This is how life is. This is how life works. Today you're here. Tomorrow we don't know. It is like when you go to, to the beach and you see a boat passing by and then you see that it's leaving a mark and then you just turn to pick up your soda. You don't drink beer, right? So <laughs> just take your soda and now the mark is nowhere. Or when you see a jet just flying through the skies and it's leaving a mark, and then you just stop for a moment to play out with your kids, but when you turn, now it is gone or it's disappearing little by little. That's how life is. Job 14, verse 1 and 2 says, Men who is born of a woman is few, few of days and full of trouble. He comes out like flowers and withers. He feels, he flees like a shadow and continues not. That's the first truth, important truth that we often forgive or ignore that we humans are a moment. The second truth that we found in this verse is that in contrary to that, we are a moment, but the word of God is actually eternal, endures forever. And that's what it makes me, but it makes me in the ways that it makes me sad when I see we humans pay more attention to this flesh than the eternal world. How much time do we spend on beauty? How much time a person can spend going to the gym, getting the makeup done, 
at how much of their time is being spent, which is actually is not spending or wasting, it's actually invest, invest in their spiritual life by reading this precious and inerrant and sufficient word. By the way, Jesus declared in Matthew 24, 35, that heaven and earth will pass away. And anything in this that you see in heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So what should be our priority? We should start from now, as you are listening, start determining and setting priorities in your life. Because your life is short. You need to spend more time in this holy word that endures forever. It is the word of the Lord. John Wesley, a man who lives from 1703 to 1791, he makes this statement that I'm about to read. He said, I'm a creature of a day. Passing through life as a narrow through the air. I am a spirit come from God and returning to God. Just hovering over the great gulf, gulf till a few moments hence I am no more seen. I drop into an unchangeable eternity. I want to know one thing. The way to heaven, how to land safe on that happy shore. God himself has condensed to teach me the way. For this very end, he came from heaven. He had written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book. At any price, give me that book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. Let me be homo unius libri, which means a man of one book. That was John Wesley. Such declaration shouldn't surprise us after all, since the word of God we just learned, is endures forever. The word of God is not only great in vitality, it is also great in effectiveness and power. So we should not be surprised by the declaration of John Wesley. And this is what actually the word of God that endures forever says about it about himself. He said, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, he said, for the, for the word of God is living. It's effective, powerful. It's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joint and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. In other, in other words, the word of God is powerful 
to operate effectively in our entire being, which includes conduct, yes, but also character. The Word of God is the only one that can change us internally. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29. It is not my word like fire. This is God asking, make, asking this question through the prophet. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. I know when we read that, it can create maybe some confusion, like hammer, fire. How can I interpret that? So here, a man from a third world country, Colombia, who has never been in a farm like a farmer, but has visited some towns and met with some farmers where who are like really, really poor. So they don't have money or for to buy equipment, especially a caterpillar, like a, a bobcat, they will not be able to purchase in life, even if they put all the saving of all family together, they cannot get a small bobcat. But they're trying to build something in the farm, and as they are trying to, to dig in and in the land, now they find a big piece of a stone, a rock, a big rock. They don't have the caterpillar. So what they do is they just start digging like a trench around the, the stone, get some stuff just to get a fire with fire, turn it in fire, and as the rock is heated in his hardest point, the man will come with a big hammer and boom, he will hit it. And that rock, no matter how big was, it was, he just get into pieces. So when we think about the word of God, is that yes, your heart can be as a stone. It's hardened towards God, toward his, his commitments. But as you expose yourself to the word of God, as fire, your heart at any point got broken. And this is good. Because God, he never said no. He never despised a humble heart which is broken. So that's what we want. That's what we need. We need to be broken. But that brokenness of heart that changed our life, it only happens as we are exposed to the holy word of God that endures Forever, It is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like, ha like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. L let, me, let me take you to another prophet. This is what it says, uh, Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and verse 11. He said, for, for as the rain, so rain, we... We all have been exposed to rain, so we don't need to be farmers. This one is going to be very obvious for all of us. You don't have to travel to Colombia. <laughs> for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return <coughs> there, but waters the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, 
giving seeds to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It should not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I send it. That's what I said. The word of God, it is not also great in vitality, but also great in effectiveness and power. With this in mind, let me finish with four practical applications. The first one will be a direct to friends, those who have not repented from your sin, those who have not trusted Jesus Christ yet as Lord and Savior. And the second one and the third, it will be more like genital, brethren and friends. And the last one, it will be in particular to my brothers and sisters that are here. So let me start with the first one. The first application, friends. Accept, believe, and obey the word of God that endures forever. Because it's in this word of God where you can find salvation. Where you find the good news that as you believe it and you respond properly to what it teaches, you might be saved. This is why James chapter 1, 20, verse 21 says, Therefore, put away all filthiness. This is pointing to repentance, which is requires for salvation. And rampant wickedness and receive the meekness, the implanted, with meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. And, and let me tell you a little bit of, of the content that I am referring to. The content is that there are five truths that you must know, which actually point why you need a Savior, why you need Jesus as Lord and Savior. The first truth is that we need to be rescued. We need to be saved from the condemnations of our sins. The eternal condemnation of our sins. What are they? Death and eternal condemnation in hell. And the problem is that we are all sinners. We all, all commit sins. So that's the first truth that we find. And you can find more of that on, on Romans chapter 3. At the same time, the second truth, it is that not, you need to be rescued, and here is where the problem comes, or increase, actually. So I'm, at this point, I'm on the bad news, just to preparing you for the good news. There is no great news without knowing first the bad news, because if I come and I say to whoever here and say, hey, look, there is people giving out food for free, that will be like, oh, that's good. But you might feel like, I don't need it. But what if I come and I just say, look, I just got a notification 
that your house is burning now. I have a friend who has a friend and knows your boss, and actually the company is closing. And your car is, I don't know if you noticed, but actually it has a bad tire, so you might not be able to go, not even to work for the last day. But guess what? Around the corner, there are, they're giving food. Those now is good news, because now you know the bad news, and then now you are like, oh, at least I'm, I have something to eat. So this is even greater. This is greater and greater news, better news. So the bad news, we need to be rescued. The problem, where the, the problem increase, is that we cannot rescue ourselves. We just cannot. Why? Because of the same issue that we are sinners. And if you are trying to gain salvation by obeying the commandments of the law, the book of James teaches us that in order to be safe in that way, you must obey the whole law, the whole commandments. And if you just break one of those commandments, you obey all except one, you are as guilty as the one who break it all. That's in James. So now we are a problem because we cannot save ourselves. That's why actually salvation is by grace alone, through faith in Jesus. So no one boasts. Um, the third truth is actually that, that there is hope in Jesus Christ who is the only one who can save us and justify you. Why? Because he become the, the sacrifice. He is actually, he was sacrificed for us. He resurrected from the dead. He said that he is the way to God, that there is no other way. He is the way. And it is very refreshing to know that the person that said that, he got killed after, but guess what? Three days later, he resurrected from the dead. Because anyone here can stand up and say, I am the way. If you die because of, for that, for, by you saying that, we can say, okay, that sounds kind of blasphemous. Like, you are now saying that you are the the son of God and that you are the way and all that. The person dies and remains dead. Okay, so now you, we can say, oh, he's lying. Uh -huh. But when you just see that this person who made such declaration is resurrected from the dead, okay, so now that means that the person that was saying all those things, actually, he was speaking truth. So yes, Jesus is truth. Jesus is the way. Jesus is life. So we should be in Jesus. Because no one will get to the Father if it's not through, through him. So we know that we need to be rescued. We know that we cannot rescue ourselves. But now we know that Jesus is the only one who can rescue us. So we must respond properly to this. So that gives us now, like I said, the good news are increasing because now that gives us the hope that we may be saved. We cannot save ourselves, but yes, we may be saved and justified 
if we respond properly, and respond properly is repenting from our sin and trusting Jesus and what he did. Otherwise, you will be submitted to eternal judgment, righteous judgment. So that will be my message for the friends who have not repented and, and trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I still have uh, three more applications. So the, the two next ones are for, it's general, it's for friends and brethren. Listen to this. Friends and brethren, consume the word of God. Remember, the word of God endures forever. So consume the word of God constantly. And what, am I, what I mean when I say consume, I'm, I'm talking about listening, as you're doing now. Reading, studying, and memorizing the Bible. Matthew chapter 4 and 4, at his reading, men should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Consume the word of God constantly, constantly. I, 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 I want you, I'm not saying that you have to do this, but I'm just sharing to you what I heard a pastor said, which is actually a pastor that has uh, been influencing a lot the churches, the Hispanic churches in Latin America. His name is Suhel Michelin. And he said that he's not doing this now, and now he has learned other ways. But when he was recently converted to Christianity, in his passion to the word of God, he made a commitment before God to himself. And the commitment was this. No word, no Bible, no breakfast. I think if you have to be that radical to start consuming the word, do it. Do it. No Bible, no breakfast. We need to consume the word of God constantly. Listen, read, study, and memorize it. With that said, let me warn you about something you will experience, especially if now you agree and, uh, agree and you say, yes, tomorrow, no Bible, no breakfast. Okay, so hold on for a minute. Because I need to warn you about something that you will experience. Once you start reading the Bible, you will experience internal oppositions. It is not outside opposition only. As you want to consume the word constantly, you will also constantly have internal opposition. And so will I. Or as Paul said in Romans 7, 29 and 21, I find it to be a law. That when I want to do right, reading the Bible, consume the Bible, evil lies close at hand. And I'm pretty sure that you, you have experienced this. I want to start reading the Bible at this time. And that is the time that you start feeling sleepy, tired. In, in, in fact, in fact, you are like this. And as you are opening the Bible, 
the eyes start closing and your mouth start opening. And then you try hard. Like, I don't know how people do, but they just do like this. Okay. And as they are closing, as we are, it's not like a, it doesn't happen to me. And then I am closing the word of God. I'm like, oh, now I'm again full of energy. Am I alone on this? It is a law that when I want to do right, evil lie close at hand. So third application, and as I said, this is general for brethren and for friends. Do not boast about tomorrow. You may have plans. Do not boast about tomorrow. Remember, life is short. We are a moment. So do not boast about tomorrow because tomorrow it is uncertain. We have no idea what's coming. Do you know? James 4, 3, 4, 13, 16 says this. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and do go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that, appears, that appears for a little time and then vanishes. I don't know, have you ever, in winter especially, has happened to you that you go to warm up your vehicle and it's even hard to find, to get the key in because it's all mist and smoke it. Like, then you just finally open, you turn it on, you get in to just to do your hair, and when you come out, now everything is, is clear. In a moment, that's your life. That's your life. That's my life. So instead of saying, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in arrogance. All such boasting, boasting is evil. Finally, this is in particular for brothers and sisters, people who have repented from their sin and trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. Dear brothers, dear family, stop worrying about daily life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, 27 declares this. Therefore, I tell you, and this is Jesus Christ declaring it. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Please do not translate this. Oh, I'm just going to relax. It's okay, no work. No, no, no. The, the birds go out to look for food. They find it. 
we go out to work for food, and this is the way God provides. And whoever's don't work, what the Bible says, do not eat. But when we go out and when we think about the tomorrow, we need to believe that God provides. So this is what it says. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly fathers feed them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? God may help, help us. Father, in light of what we just heard, knowing that life is too short, that we are just a moment, and that contrary to that, you are eternal, and so is your word, which endures forever. Make us people of your word, people who delight reading it, learning from it, memorizing it, but especially applying it, that we can embrace the promises that you have given us, that we may obey the commitments that you have mentioned and include in this holy book, eternal book. And for those who don't know you, but have heard that they cannot save themselves from the righteous judgment that you will apply to those who are walking without you. For those who have not repented from their sin, for those who don't recognize and submit to Jesus as Lord and Savior, Father creates a fire in their heart that they know, they might understand that today is the day for salvation. That they're listening to this as a warning that you are sending them to say, there is much more than this life. Receive my gift. Receive forgiveness. Oh, Father, that gift brings so much. So much that we didn't deserve. But you give it to us. It is so good to be your children and to know that we have a heritage in eternity. And better than that, that we may spend all the days of eternal life worshiping you in your presence. So may help us. May help. You may help, Father, those who are anxious. Increase our faith. Because this is a, a matter of little faith. So please, increase our faith to trust you and know that you will provide, that you are with us on whatever we are facing right now. In the name of Jesus, amen.